Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag Kia ora! And welcome to Mixed Bag, where we review the mixed, muddled, mediocre, and may, comma, shala, movies <laughs> of film history. <laughs> welcome to 2024. Welcome I'm Matt. 2024. I'm Cassandra. I, was, I forgot to say kia ora. I forgot how we start <laughs> I mean, yeah, podcast. to start a new year, passes once again forgotten. I am, I, I'm not going to greet you anymore. I'm actually above that. Yeah, I'm yeah. a James A. Castro in that one Taskmaster now. season where he just doesn't say hi to... Alex the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. How are you all doing? We're good. Good. It's good. It's the start of the year. It's warm. Yeah. It is nice. Roasty toasty. I've come back from Kirikiridor and it is full on muggy there. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Are there any muggy films in movie history? Ooh. I feel like Jungle Films is mm. muggy films. Wonka Wai feels kind of muggy in the mood for love. <laughs> Hot I thought you were oh. still talking about Wonka. <laughs> yeah. Wonka, Wonka Wai. Yeah. Well, oh, we'll get into be, that later. There should be a next, like, it's, we'll a, it's gonna be a Halloween later. costume to do, like, one of those Demi Bay like, pun Halloween costumes <laughs> yeah. is Wonka Wai. Yeah. Wonka Wai. Indeed. Yeah. And that's why you're right. tuning into this podcast. Exactly. Wondering why and what You want the hot how. takes. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, happy New Year to everyone. Happy obviously. New Year. Um, hope that you're having a lovely start to your year. Yeah. yeah. And that you are packaging and compartmentalizing whatever 2023 was to you. Um, Putting yeah. it away on the shelf. Exactly. And enjoying what you loved from it. Yeah. Exactly. You can t- open back up and just admire the memories. Take and the movies and TV shows. Because it was a good year for movies. I mean, yeah. we will be we will be going to discuss that later on today. Right now, I think. Mm. In our pop corner. Pop, 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 pop corner. Oh. All right. Hit, that shit hits like crack. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, yeah me. Popcorn, so good. Mm. Mm. Um. Yeah, so should we do the lists first, or should we do the non-film no, I think, well, I think we do our popcorners. Oh. And then so, we'll move into the And this yes, mysterious so. list so. that yeah. you're speaking. Um, so hags and haggettes. <laughs> um, this year, we're we, doing something different. No longer bags? What? You bag said, hags, yeah. Oh, okay, you're just taking out the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Full on hag. Well, a bag is a different thing. Okay. A bag is a different to a biff. And a hag is a different to a haggette. See, I'm the composer of Wonka now. Yeah, this is a Shakespearean monologue. There's bag hags and there's bag hags. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we know that your favorite part of this episode is, of every episode, mm. is the pop corner. Mm. But <laughs> that's what you tune into. Some exactly. of you do. Some, you know, my parents only listen to the pop corner. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? We're actually going to try something different this year. Yeah. yeah. We've realized it's been running a little long, and sometimes we're just name checking stuff that we've seen as opposed to talking in detail, having a About take. things we love yeah. or hate. Yeah. Have a strong whatever. opinion on Strong perspective. Something on that's, you know, fueling our passion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so every episode, we're going to bring to the bag a little golden kernel. <laughs> Of what's been inspiring <laughs> us. Something to talk kernel. about. Yeah. yeah. Body rate, something to talk about. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, um, we can start with yeah. this episode. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm Mike. I'll jump in first. Go in. What's your golden um, kernel? All right, my golden first. kernel is I want to talk about the game The Chance of Sinar. Uh, and just if you are looking that up at home, uh, yeah, that's chance as in like plural of chant. Um, oh. Like Gregorian. Yeah, like so a Gregorian chant. Like, oh, oh, oh. No, no, that. Yeah. Oh. As opposed yeah. to as no, opposed oh, to like not yes, lucky, not to, to do like a game of chance. The chance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the it is chance. the chance. Yeah. Um, and then Sonara is S E N N A A R. And this is a game that we've been playing on the Nintendo Switch, but it probably is available on other platforms as well. Uh, and it is a language interpretation game. Sounds real. Um, mm. Which is very, very cool. Uh, so it is it kind of using sarcastic. the mechanics. I do love a language game. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of a puzzle game in which you have to use context and uh, sort of your explorations to translate a whole bunch of different languages, like work out the syntaxes of the languages, work out what different kind of uh, symbols mean and correspond to. Mm. And these are um, actual real-life languages? No, these are all fictional oh, okay. conlangs created for this game. Gotcha. Um, so you are in this kind of, the sort of overall overarching narrative is you're in this giant tower and you're sort of exploring it from the base all the way up and encountering different civilizations that all speak their own different languages as you go through. And you're playing this, this freaky little guy who's yeah, hunched over Yeah, you're playing a little, little monk-looking guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, there's, it's, it's just a fantastically, like, beautifully designed game. It just looks very beautiful. Um, all of the mm. languages... Uh, have their own different scripts which are all like iconic to that particular sort of environment it's really interesting what you learn about the language helps inform what you need to learn about that particular culture like there's some which are very like warlike and some which are very like there's a strong class divide and others in which there are um yeah, like it's a sort of an impoverished culture that are very strongly religious and all these different kind of priorities in these cultures. Um, and yeah, and then as you're, you're working to put them together and to, to find, uh, you know, communication between the cultures that has been locked off due to uh, these language divides. Um, but yeah, I think it's very just a well-made game um, in that, yeah, I think the challenge of piecing together the, the vocabulary is challenging enough that it's yeah very satisfying to unlock it. Um, and then there's also sort of other types of puzzle challenges in there as well there's some like stealth bits which i found the hardest yeah. <laughs> um and then some other kind of like yeah different sort of puzzles where you need to like interpret different things and all the sort of general like classic puzzle game riddles yeah. um but yeah I, I really enjoyed it it's one that i just kind of hooned through and finished like mm. quite fast james is taking his t- more of like a, a steady and time also, on it i find the puzzle solving a little bit more difficult um yeah, people have compared it to the return of Oprah Den in terms of mm. like mystery Ooh, solving. I do love Look, that game. It's yeah. not I would say it's not quite as good as Return of the Oprah Den, but like I feel yeah, like yeah, it scratches yeah. a similar itch in terms nice. of like oh, the um it's got a similar uh, mechanic in that you have to fill out a whole like two page spread of symbols and they tell you you're right when you've got all of them. Gotcha. As opposed to being able to just kind of blunt force yeah. it like mm. well, guessing some of, some of the yeah some of the things in Oberdin you can have to blunt force but because... you have to at least know like one mm. of them or two of them so yeah. then you can blunt force the third one yeah, as opposed exactly, to being yeah. like oh I'll just guess everything until it works yeah. um, and you can so, kind of yeah, do the okay. same here and yeah. I just want to a quick asterisk I said that he was freaky that was not because of how he looks it's because he's a <laughs> he's a monk who is hunched over and then he like runs all around the place <laughs> so it's kind of charming and he's very not, strange like, yeah, we way. like a little guy he's exactly yeah. No, he's not a. As far as we the know, hero. we don't know. But it's really fun learning more about this world as you're exploring it and figuring yeah. out the hierarchy. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It gives me Old Testament. Yeah. Tower of Babel. It's very Tower of Babel influenced. Yeah. I think it's kind you of know, a vibe. Before the 2006 film, I saw that word, and it was always Babel in my head. 
Yeah, I, don't I know. think it's Tower think... of Babel because of the song Tower of Babel. Oh, I know it's spell. I know it's definitely Babel because <laughs> it's Babel because of sound. Babble, babble, but it's just like when I and saw just the like word. people babbling babble, over each other. Babble, babble, right? babble, 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 babble. I don't know this. But this is one of the cut songs from Godspell. Like it's only in certain editions of it, and for mm. me, it's the best song in the show. Oh. Um, it sounds catch. It's a very evocative story of like there's one there was one language and everyone mm. was all saying it and then god you know what 2006 like, babel mixed bag for me yeah i mean i, I definitely think we, we could cover it yeah. i've not seen most of it i think i think it's maybe like, like, I think it's one that I, it's a very english class yeah movie. it's one where oh I, my god, maybe all season, of in a english redo. class movie oh my god yes that's a good that's a great <laughs> oh, mini that's season good. that's, that's good. a fantastic cool. mini okay. season to yeah. celebrate james's entry into the teaching world yes well i was gonna say i was thinking about my my nature on this podcast i may have to kind of not be as wild and as out there so um, uh, you could also simply not tell your students that you have this podcast <laughs> and they will never find it well he's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, i may mind my p's and q's a little bit more here and there um yeah so you're not going to get wild crazy james you can simply just go to the archives and listen to any of yeah. the previous yeah, 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 yeah. see it's early days we'll see we'll uh, anyway that's my pop corner what have you guys got Oh, I'll go next. I think my big contribution to the pot this week is reality TV, just in Jen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've been very trash-brained. I actually have not watched a lot of movies, apart from this one that I watched for the pod since uh, December of last year. Um, that'll be remedied because I'm going to see two in um, two consecutive days um, tomorrow and on Tuesday. Yes, we're recording on a what? Father's Day, um, Sunday. <laughs> New Zealand humor. New Zealand humor. Um, so I saw. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate the winner of Survivor Forty Five, D. Um, spoiler love. alert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the my contribution is um, Squid Game, the uh, reality show, which, which have not seen yet. To me, it's very impressive. To to kind of like. Um, adapt the the show to a real life game show and make it compelling and make it kind of feel vast and personal at the same time is quite the feat and you know you don't take it seriously but it's very entertaining and the personalities are giving to me okay. and I think it's like a, a watch where you're kind of just like yeah, there's drama, mm. and then there's um, strategy, and I don't know. Like, there's something about it that, and the, and the pot prize is four point five six million. So it's like there's a lot at stake, mm. um, and you kind of see how how that translate that drama from the show translates. Um, I think I'm kind of just resilient around like resistant premise, yeah 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 resistant <laughs> to like you're resilient i'm resilient to it um open your open your trash brain yeah and it's not even that trashy honestly well like i don't know it's just something about it being squid game in a reality tv format i'm like it feels like a joke but yeah i'll check it out it's it's i thought it would be way trashier than what it is but it's actually pretty compelling it's okay. really dare i say good like the show Maybe okay. even prefer to the show. Well, no, obviously the source material is the source material. Yeah, but I remember it's the, good. being a rumor that Leonardo good. DiCaprio was going to be in this. In Squid Game too. Yeah, 
imagine. What's I would love. Yeah. Because those American actors that they got for oh, Squid look, Game they're 1. Just, they're just whatever white guys they had. They're just sort of like. <laughs> it was kind of the charm, though. You were just like, this is. <laughs> they were so non union. I find it very funny, honestly, whenever you're watching an Asian television program that needs to have some, like, white people mm. in it. Because, like, yeah, it's very much just like. I don't know, do you want to be, how, yeah, do you want to be in this? <laughs> yeah. We just sort of, like, found you on the street when we want to be in this film. Sometimes, yeah. I guess you have, like, Ray Stevenson and RRR and stuff, but anyway. Do you know that Daisy Edgar Jones was supposed to be the love interest in RRR? Oh. I feel like she would be too high caliber, a white person, for that movie. Yeah, she's from she the Crawdads, right? the sex? Huh? Is she Crawdads girl? No. Yeah, she is. She's also oh. a normal peep. Oh, oh, she's normal. One. She's normal. Um, but yes, big recommend for Squid Game, the um, challenge, because it is one of my favorite reality shows of last year. Okay. And I don't take that That's lightly. That's big, yeah. Mm. Okay. We will check it, check it out. All right, James, your pop corner. Okay, we've all been sleeping on somebody, and we haven't been giving him the due. He, he has got the due in the past, but it's time <laughs> in the past. to go around and recognize how great Neil Gaiman is. Because Neil Gaiman rocks, Can I get guys. a gay man? Can I get a gay man, please? <laughs> because you know what I did over the holidays? I finally finished my Sandman Omnibus, and that was great. Nice to reread that. But the main thing that I did among my many achievements, was reading American Gods, finally. Um, it's good. As I've been trying to do James to do for a decade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you don't know, American Gods is like this road trip novel. I'm not talking about the TV show. <laughs> Brian Fuller, what did you do? Um, it's fine. I it's haven't fine. seen. So. Yeah. Ian yeah. McShane is, is a good cast. Cloris Leachman is in it. So yeah. Big draw but for I, me. I hear it falls off the rails. Um, American Gods is about a, a road trip movie which follows... Road trip story. <laughs> book. Book! Um... About uh, this character called Shadow, who's recently out of jail, and he meets up with a character called Wednesday, who introduces him to the concept um, that there are gods living in America, and they are scrounging Mm. to get by because of all of the various cultures that come to America, and the gods come with them. Um, so Wednesday is, um, you find out pretty soon, he's Odin. Um, Woden's Day, Wednesday. Um, so yeah, it kind of takes us from there and there, there's going to be this big battle between the old gods, um, like, you know, Norse, you know, um, <laughs> a, a whole, whole range of Egyptian and, you know, uh, African, uh, sorry, uh, like black culture, like... Um, um, like a whole lot of like ancestral African Ariadne, gods. There's yeah. a whole lot of like Native American gods. Yeah, there. there's a whole bunch of stuff. And with the new age, which is like media, TV, the internet, because this was written around 2003. I Damn. think such commentary. Like I know that. the commentary, but okay. the great thing is, it's like dealing with these like large mythological kind of concepts, but then it's very grounded in this very naturalistic like road trip kind of story of going to various places in America and. Um, like it feels like Gaiman has really connected with the 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 real appeal of the kind of road trip in America, like um, you know the mm. on the road kind of quality to it, um, because it is it is yeah incredibly really well observed um, and kind of evoking like the day to day kind of drift between each kind of places, um, yeah, and it's just the nerdiness of like oh this is this character and that's actually like 
oh, this is, you know, the, the history of Odin and the kind of, he yeah. does his research. It's like, you know? yeah. it's like the Avengers of the Gods. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And Trademark so, Avengers of the Gods. Avengers <laughs> of the Gods. Um, yeah, and uh, I had a really great blast. It's It goes in all kinds of places that you don't expect. And then throughout, there are these, like, um, throughout the book, there are these chapters where it's like, this is what happened to this god. It like takes a diversion from the main story to be like, this is how, you know, this mm. leprechaun ended up here. Or Lots of lore whatever. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, Gaiman, like, does it, like, he's, he's a modern writer really killing it. Like, yeah. he feels like a modern, like, he produces modern classics. And I just really love his sensibility of, like, pulpy, but, like, detailed and, like, epic yeah um, so i would really recommend going and checking out um any. his early works yeah. i've not read any of his work but, but i know about the, his work obviously but he seems very imaginative yeah writer and now he's at the stage where a lot of his work is being adapted i think the sandman is yeah. pretty successful in terms of tv but like him as a novelist i feel like is where he's at his greatest strength yeah those books are fucking huge they're like cement bricks they are american gods is pretty big but like american gods is i epic. didn't mean um, that the, as the a sand, negative the sandman <laughs> men omnibus is a yeah. oh yeah those are but, um, that's a graphic novel yeah yeah whereas like stardust and anasi boys oh stardust yeah see yeah. i have seen that no, for the fam- famously, better is a book from the one chapter that I read that I got for free, and I have not been able to track down the rest of the book. And biffed. the book was pretty good, <laughs> so I was like, "This yeah. book much better than this shitty adaptation." Yeah, yeah. Um, um so that's that's American Gods. Should we get to our a list of right? So this is lists. a this is a special segment. <laughs> yeah, that because we we're so to, good to you to mm. institute for. It's a new year. It's a new year. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Welcome to 2024. And this that means it's gift. time to look back at 2023. Yeah. What a year. about some of the movies we watched. Mm. And year. we talked about a lot of them here. So, you know, we'll rattle off. Yeah. But this is, um, we have all have in our hands. Yeah. Some, some our of... top 10 lists of 2023. some of us, this has been assembled across the year, a la Matt. For yeah. some of us, uh, everyone else two. pressured me to make one just before this podcast. I made, I made mine today as well. <laughs> yes, but I, I wasn't planning to make mine until I'd seen well, a couple more things that it, I have not sh- seen yet, but yeah. that's all right. Well, that's We're not going to have them in the list. This is what we've seen as of today. Yes. Mm. The 14th of January, 14th of January. Yes. 2023. So if you see a couple of things, famously. yeah. Oh, famously a year ahead. <laughs> yeah, we um, will discuss if another person has it on their list and we haven't seen it. Are we yeah. starting from ten? So should we go from ten? We'll talk about our tens. Exciting. Okay. Yeah. Do we all do the tens and we'll then talk we go about nine. Our 10s. And then we well we can if we you know if anybody's got it let's do the same system as uh, fighting, fighting in the war room. room. Um, where sure, like I'll pretend like I know that. Yeah, James was listening to this yesterday. Okay, um, okay. Where if we do a ten, and if it, somebody else has got it higher up on the list, we won't discuss it. Okay, okay. and okay. then we'll keep, but we'll, we'll stick to it, unlike them. Let's so, go. my number ten passages. My number ten, the wonderful life of Henry Sugar. Mm, and my number ten is passengers. So <gasps> passengers, passengers. <laughs> Sorry, passengers. Starring Jennifer Lawrence and Chris <laughs> Pratt. Honestly, when James was like, "We're going to see passengers tonight," he kept saying it was called. He kept saying passengers. It's, it's the and I was not passages. expecting the movie that we went to see. Especially, I literally was sitting there. The title came out, and I was like, "Oh, passengers." It's the tenant tenant. <laughs> I know. Honestly, um, everyone's all the tenant. And guess what? Not the name. Hags. Passages 
this is my number 11 film of the year. Oh, so we can discuss. And, and Henry Sugar, I don't think, has placed on our Not list. Not on our list. Yeah. So, Passages, let's check about that first. Yeah. I, I think mean, we covered it. We have covered it. I think it's just one of those films that stays in your mind. Yeah. yeah. It's Look, not a very ambitious story. It frustrated it's... me a lot because of the main character's Absolute. actions. I think he's supposed to be frustrated. Absolute. It's um yeah. I just love I mean it's there's I a kind love... of a theme in mind it's like characters some interesting great character writing. Yeah. Some great psychological and just stuff. Nasty. Yeah. Like, unapologetically. Like you know that person kind yeah, of. You like, know it. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not a, a fiction. You're like Yeah, and you get his appeal as yeah. well. Like it's it's not a very ambitious movie story-wise, but it tells what it does yeah, pretty effectively. It's, it's micro, you know, like we're, we're taking putting under the microscope yeah, this yeah, very right. naughty person and, also, and all of his naughty relationships. It's, it's bisexual. It's come bisexual on. culture, um, and look, we all love watching Ben Whishaw get railed. Also, I just <laughs> <laughs> speaking of railed, I do love um, the clothes. <laughs> No, I do love the clothes in this movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. Henry costumes. Sugar to me is um, Wes Anderson's crowning achievement in a year where he oh. made one feature length and four shorts. Mm. And I think it's perfect at 40, 40 minutes long. It's as as he does like a spectacle of production design, but also he hits that wonderful um, like emotional moment that he gets, not in every film, but when he hits it, I think he hits always for me. Mm. Um, yeah. And obviously, maybe there's more to feature maybe later more on. Yeah. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine. Okay, my number nine was Theatre Camp. My number nine was No Hard Feelings. And my number nine is No Hard Feelings. Oh. Nice. Oh. Um, Theatre Camp is actually coming up later on my list. Okay. So we'll test go. Go. We'll fire on that. Um, no Hard Feelings. Just what a romp. What a blast. I love a romantic comedy. Andrew Barth Feldman. What a star is born he moment is such a star. Yeah. Like, and it's nice to be reminded of Jennifer Lawrence's powers as a movie star. And as a comedian. Oh. Just... Someone who, like, leaves it out all on the floor. Yeah. Just uses her body, uses her facial expressions, uses everything. There's, like, a... It's not bravery, because it's just who she is. There's just, mm. like, a guidelessness to her kind of, like, yeah. ribaldry. And it feels reflective. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, master's degree in script writing. Guidelessness to her ribaldry. <laughs> Trademark. Um, that's also but a it, movie. It yeah. feels, like, so up her alley and, like... Reflective of her personality as well, like you know, like like she kills it as Katniss, but I'm like that, like if so, yeah. like I can't see many other people like killing it quite this hard in this role. I There's guess. also no movie that's kind of bottled her her off screen persona so mm. well, yeah. Than this movie, and also this movie has a premise that could be very yucky, especially like oh yeah, it's very much coming up to that line, and especially like, just like creeping over it right now like, oh. where we're kind of examining those types of relationships, but. Mm. It, it, it just shows that a movie can tackle kind of potentially grey situations yeah. in a way that you're still like, oh, that's nice and human and, and yeah. nice and sweet. Yeah. And there's ways you can tell those stories without yeah. crossing the line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, we will come to a similar theme later on. Oh, yes. yes. Um, okay, number eight. My number eight is Theatre Camp. Okay. My number eight is Renaissance. The concept by Beyonce. Mm, and my number eight is Barbie. 
Barbie oh, is com- coming, up, coming up, so we'll discuss yeah. that. Um, a little time to talk about theatre camp, which mm. we like more than Matt did. I, yeah, but know. I just, I just found it as such a ball of fun. Like yeah. I, I liked every performance in it. There were all these like little silly comedic things. I thought all the jokes were so specific to the theatre community. Yeah, I think it was cute, and um, it was just a lovely, my, fun. My time. favorite part are those like children who are just so talented. The children oh, are so incredible. good, and I feel like <laughs> this is the sort of thing where you could quite easily make the joke that the kids aren't very talented. But I think instead, no. I really like that they made the choice yeah. to be like, no, the kids are going to be. They're earnest and they're committed and they really want to kill this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've heard... I just want to know which of those kids is winning an Oscar in like 15 years. Yeah, no, true. Man. You'd be like, they were in theater, theater camp. camp. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot of comparisons Please, to Christopher the... Guest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I totally, totally see that. And Oof. like, I know a lot of people have tried that, but this is the film that's like really clicked into place and totally worked. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I feel like the probably the thing that I felt worked least with this film is that when they're trying too hard to do Christopher Guest and they're trying mm. to do the mockumentary mm. thing, yeah, which yeah. doesn't really make sense with how it all works. Yeah, they're trying some um, stuff. Because, like, yeah, that's not totally filmed in that way. But I think, like, the specifics, like, the the um, close observation yeah. of a niche community feels yeah. very... And I'm just yeah. going to say it, coming around on Ben Platt. I think he's good in this. I think he's good. I think he's good in Parade. Like, I don't. I know he's still a Nepo baby, and the way he acted around Dear Evan Hansen, I wasn't super into, but... Guy's talented. No yeah. comment. <laughs> <laughs> he was better than his boyfriend, Noah Galvin. I also wow. thought Noah Galvin was I good. Like anyway, look, okay. we'll, we'll I could see on. the cogs turning. Um, one word for Beyonce, legendista. Um, Queen, uh, this movie was so dynamic the way it was filmed. It wasn't like the Eras tour where it was literally just the whole set. Mm-hmm. It was the whole set, but the it, it kind of inserted um, parts of Beyonce's process. Um, I wanted more from that, you know, from that insight. But the way that they kept cutting to different, like, stops in the tour Mm. while she was performing. So, like, the actual performances, she'd have different outfits every five seconds singing the same damn song. Mm. Love her. Mm. Like... They've not seen this film yet, well, so uh, yeah, it is one that was. It came out when we were in Mexico, and also just we didn't plan to go and see it, but then we were not able to. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was <laughs> that night. The it was very dynamic yeah. filmmaking, and um, bow down, bitch. Okay, we gotta keep moving. So number seven, because we're gonna talk about Barbie later. I had Poor Things. I had Past Lives. I had Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, poor things we will come back to. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall I have next up, so we can okay. hold on that one. And Past Lives we'll come back to. Yes. All right. In our number six slot, I have Oppenheimer. Oh, I have Anatomy of a Fall. And I have Saltburn. <laughs> oh. All right. Here it comes. So well, does anybody well, else have can... Oppenheimer higher um, up? I don't have Oppenheimer I'm on the list. I'm surprised you have I'm Oppenheimer this high. It's on honourable mentions for me. For me, I was just like, look, I'm just thinking back about things that I like, can think of as like just good films that I saw this year. And mm. like I feel like it's now gotten to the point where because it's dominating in all of these categories mm. of Golden Globes and things like that, everyone's like, ah, like there's all these other things that I like better, backlash, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to let that backlash and the fact that I do obviously like five other films Mm. more than this Mm. um, sort of prevent me from going like, it was just a very good, well-made film. Mm. Like with some really good, like just structurally like taking on this historical moment. I think Killian Murphy's performance is very good in it. Mm. Um, Yeah, I feel like there's, the cinematography of it is really good. The casting is really good. Mm-hmm, like yeah. it's, yeah, I think it's just a, a really solid historical movie about this particular moment in time. Um, yeah, and I feel like it's not maybe in my top five, but I'm like, I think it deserves to be in my top ten. You know? I'm definitely I'm surprised. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
if you recall, Hags, um, I preferred Oppenheimer to Barbie when Famously. we first did um, did this ranking. Did this ranking uh, covered Barbenheimer, um, and now it has fallen to the lowly spot of number twenty four on my list out of forty. Mm-hmm. Um, Oppenheimer to me just didn't really stay in my mind. I could appreciate how well made it was, but it didn't have that blueprint. Like to me, I watch and evaluate movies not super academically like kind of more emotionally and that's why Saltburn a silly stupid film (laughs) ranks so highly on my list because it is the most gorgeous film I've seen this year if I can just say on on Oppenheimer I'm I really enjoyed it too but it's just yeah again similar emotional thing doesn't Mm. have that kind of lasting power for me and this was an incredible year for movies so it's just like top tens are always Mm. personal picks back to sure to me it's that Third act, gutter. Gutter, salt burn. But when I think of images that are seared in my brain, that bathtub scene, just the nature of the film, like, this is like, if I had a Tumblr, this would have been my whole personality. Oh my yeah, god, yes. It's fun. Like, and the fact that it throws back to a time that I was coming of age, mm-hmm. it was kind of just like, it hit me in an emotional level where I know objectively it is... Um, you know, not a great film. There are aspects of it which are very good, like Rosamund Pike. The performances are really good, I think. It just keeps... It burrows in my head. Mm. And I can't deny that feeling. I could lie and be like, well, that's only my number 15 mm-hmm. movie of the year. But the no, fact no, that you got to follow your heart. Exactly. You the, fact, follow your heart. the fact that it's staying there, yeah. <laughs> even though I think... I have not been more disappointed in a third act of a movie than that <laughs> third act. It's still the audaciousness of how bad that third act is. It's yeah. iconic in a way. Yeah. And that kind of staying power is what... Ind- it's like I've got feelings about it. And that's why it's in my <gasps> top five of the year. Crazy. Mm. Well, top... Isn't it your six? Six of the year. Top six. Name the six. Name the, the six. six. It's all <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like there are iconic moments. For me, like, the bit with the grave, I was like, okay, oh, what's going to happen? Okay, great, you're going <laughs> that far. Um, but it's also kind of the charm of it, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It's just like, 2006 is like, I was 13 years old. Famously, we're all 13 years yeah. old. Yeah, mm. and the way, I mean, I don't know if it evoked it properly, but just... I'm easy. I hear the I know I hear No Cars Go by Arcade Fire and I'm like oh, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Number 5. My uh, number 5. Oh, is Anatomy of a Fool do we talk about that? Uh, well, I've got number 7 for Anatomy, but you might have it. That's higher. I think the highest ranking for Anatomy. Oh, yeah. Fool, so let's um, talk about it. I guess Wait, what's you num- still haven't Oh, is that your number 6? Yeah, yeah, sorry. We yeah, mm. number 6. Um we kind of discussed it on the pod. You still haven't seen it. I have not it, seen so it yet. I do I'm want to see it. Get um, into the weeds of it yeah, too much. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to find it. It's not on any of the streaming places. I think it will be. I want to watch it soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just like a really gripping film like about the subject of like truth and kind of how humans kind of handle kind of not knowing something. Um, and I think Sandra Hula is amazing. Um, she's just so stunning in this. Milo. Is, Milo Machado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sun. And... The dog. The dog's name. But also one of my low-key favorites is the prosecutor who served Phoenix Wright realness. Yeah. 100%. Love that. You'll see. Sounds great. You'll see when you watch, Cass. Yeah. Okay. Our number five. On the top five. Uh, Mine is May December, which I know is coming up for the rest of you. Yeah, that's Mine is 
Barbie. Barbie. It's coming up for me. And mine is Asteroid City. Ooh, quite high. Yeah. It's only... Asteroid City's highest ranking, I believe. Yeah. So. Really? Did no one else have Asteroid City on? Nope. Wow. Asteroid City is my number 15 film of the year. Oh, cool. Well, I found Asteroid City to just be a really beautiful film about grief and the kind of mystery of being human and being kind of feeling, are we alone in the universe? And in a really just like beautiful, haunting kind of way. I, I know some people bumped up against the show within a show within a show kind of structure. I liked it. I but liked that I metaphors. found it really charming and just all of the performances were really well observed. Like, there's a yeah it's just a melancholy strain to it that really resonated with me and i feel like just some really stunning performances from like jason schwartzman mm. i love that scene with margot robbie mm. um scarlett, scarlett johansson yeah where is her nomination for best supporting actress yeah. i'm just saying she was incredible. yeah it's just a really compelling film and i i really want to go back and rewatch it again but i mm. it, um something about it really stuck with me i think for me it's a it washed over me in such a way that I think mm. like like all Wes, An- Wes Anderson films it's just aesthetically so beautiful yeah I really liked the theatrical stuff mm. of it like I thought that was I was like oh this is fun but if I had to try to think back and remember like anything that happens in the film <laughs> like mm. it just mm. I, I couldn't tell you what it was about on a thematic level and I don't think that's necessarily because it's not saying anything thematically mm-hmm. I think it's just that just for me vibe with the style. it just I, I vibe with the style but I don't mm. vibe with the text coming out of it mm. I'm just like mm. distracted by the prettiness that I'm not really thinking yeah. about what it's saying at all but I think that rewards um, a rewatch you know yeah I think it would be good to watch again but I think that's why it didn't rate as highly yeah. for me mm. is that it just yeah it's something that I was like oh that was a pleasant lovely time but I just don't think of it again yeah. like it didn't sort of mm. stick with me in that way i'm a big wes anderson fan um because i think his emotions peaking just underneath the artifice is what i like it's yeah. that tension mm. and sometimes it breaks through really hard like i really felt that in the french dispatch and i know not many people did um and for me it was just there under the surface mm-hmm. um but impeccable always yeah I'm an aesthetic okay. I love. Yeah. A beautiful so tableau. All right. Number four. Number four number for four. me is Barbie. Ooh. That's a highest ranking for Barbie. I think that's the highest ranking and for number Barbie. Number four for me is Past Lives. And that's number four for me is Killers of the Flower Moon. That one's coming up. Oh, that coming one up. is coming All right. Up. Let's talk about Barbie. Uh, <laughs> look, as the girl of the pod, uh, famously, famously. The, the, the feminine voice, I'm glad I have Barbie highest on the list. I do. I do love that. Yeah. But... Just I'd seen it, seen it twice. Uh, I had a glorious time. Yeah, I think it's just such a like. I just I, I'm so I, I really want to think about the room in which Mattel executives mm. met Greta Gerwig and mm. were like, "We want you to do this Barbie movie." And like her coming home at night to like she and Noah were like sitting there at dinner mm. and she's like, "What would I even do with Barbie?" And then just yeah. like as they're discussing it, they suddenly start going like, "But oh. but what if?" What yeah. if I did this? And then, oh, we could make it about, like, yeah, the sort of, we could we could subvert the structural ideas of, like, what is femininity? Like, what mm. is it to be a plaything of these children? They're, mm. like, to be this this sort of supposed, like, uh, you know, in this, this alternate world where all women have all of these different careers. And I could just see her going from, like, no way to, like, actually, I can make and something with this. Getting quite excited by the end yeah. as well. Right? And I feel like, I don't know, I think I just... Uh, jive with that as a person that's you know worked on commission before (laughs) and like when you're trying to like Mm -hmm. make something artistically valid out of something that could be a real you know cash in um and yeah i think that's something about it i think people often sort of dismiss it because there's quite a few people online that have been like i can't believe these people are into this feminism 101 like basic Mm. stuff and i'm like yeah it's a bit basic because its audience is intended to be 
like not just adult women but also the children that they've brought with them to this movie that are you know playing with Barbie still yeah and this is I think a totally valid film for those girls to come and see and it's really important for them to see (laughs) this is their first exposure to feminism of course it needs to be a little bit basic like Mm. yeah so that plus we have the I'm just Ken dance sequence which is one of my favorite moments of the of film in this year incredible yeah I just love what Barbie brought to the culture, you know? Just, like, fun, pink, celebrating femininity in such a large scale, like, openly feminine things, which is really nice. Um, And softness in men as well. I I feel like that's what Ken kind of brought out in a lot of Mm. people, Mm. which I love. I saw it twice. Um, and I it was the lesser half of Barbenheimer for me in my first watch. Mm-hmm. But something really clicked on the second half. I still think it's imperfect because I really dislike America Ferrer's big speech. But that's uh, what I'm thinking. I, I'm like, I don't think it's for us. <laughs> I know. That's for the kids. I know. Yeah. But I think the strengths that it has, like especially towards the end when it's all about Barbie's purpose... Yeah, um, really, really moving. Oh, the ending is the, like the Billie Eilish song yeah. sequence where it's got that, all of the mothers and daughters. With it the really, together. really moved Both me. Both times I saw it, I was just weeping. Like and, it's just ah, uh, I'm like anytime I hear Saoirse the Saoirse Ronan woman meme for me. <laughs> exactly, one hundred percent. Anytime the opening chords for what was I made for um come up on my um Spotify. I just, I get choked up just because I think about it. And that's kind of why Barbie has risen to be a number four film. It Mm. stays in my mind and in my heart. Well, famously number four for me, number five for you. (laughs) And number seven? And then we also had number four for Past past Lives. lives. This was in my list, but it was a bit lower. It was my seven. Um, Past Um, Lives. Honorable mention for me. What a mad-coded film. (laughs) Like, this is something I would have written in a past life. (laughs) Um... I just think it's so beautiful. It is, like, a bit more simple, like, than I um, anticipated. But I think the interactions are really... Um, there's so much said in the unsaid in this movie. Mm. And especially in that final sequence when there it's just the three of them. Mm. And then you kind of get into, like, what do these people mean to each other? And, like, mm. what... And, and the title is a big clue as well. Like, what mm. are you leaving behind? What are your past lives? Like, mm. moving forward. And it, it just kind of bowled me over in that sense. And and the f- closing shot, well, the second to last yeah. shot of yeah. this film is is indelible in my head. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, these three people, I would, I love them. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a very interesting, like, you know, I think the thing that it takes on is not, not the idea of regret, mm. but the idea of like wondering. Yeah, I think it's, it's the emotion it's of the like what if, the wondering right? what if, but without the sense of regret, if only. Mm. There's no if only in the film, it's only what if. And I yeah. think that's what's really interesting and well, really sort of subtle really and kind about it. I, I yeah. think yeah. It, it, it brushes up upon that idea of like, mm. what if. And if mm. only, but then like once you're there, it's a different ball game. Once you get those it's two that people thing. there, it's right? like yeah, it's that there is no yeah chance to mm. I don't know like you the can't go back and redo and... it only in the next life. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's also just some fantastic performances from mm. all three of our leads. Yeah. Really good. Also nice for the husband not to feel like he totally feels not to be a dick. Feels, <laughs> feels a little awkward about the situation, but. Um, not so much like, oh my gosh, fuck this guy. Like, mm. he's very yeah. understanding towards Greta Lee's character. And um, yeah, uh, I, I really love that scene between him and um, I've forgotten the, the main main character's name. I, I mean, that's his name, but his name is T O U. Yeah. Um, um, and their moment. Um, see, 
That's what I mean. Like in that scene, they're talking, but there's so much unsaid, like yeah. Yeah. of what he's feeling, what yeah. Teo is feeling. That's it's a, like mm. you know exactly what they're feeling. Mm. Yeah. Just, but it's like an unnameable feeling. Yeah, which I think exactly. Is very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Number top three. Three. Top three. Wait, what was your number four, James? My number four was Killers. We'll oh yes, yes, okay. yes. Yeah. My number three, Boy in the Heron. Boy in the Heron. Uh, the Holdovers. Damn. Now, we haven't seen The Holdovers. Yeah, so we'll probably talk about it in a future episode, but I just want to say I had a really special experience watching this with my dad, mm. who was uh, a history and classics teacher, and that's mm. the main character in this. And it's so hard to find a film that um, my mum and dad will enjoy, like, and me and, and my brother. Um, ben wasn't there this time. My, my brother wasn't there. But we were all like, I was like, let's go see this. I think it'll really connect with you. And dad famously is the hardest to stay with a film. And he absolutely loved it. And we all loved <laughs> He loved some American shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> American crap, famously. No swears from Richard. Because I think it's just like, uh, just a really great, characterization of like three characters who you really come to know and love and connect with and just it's like some good fucking food you know it's very simple mm. but mm. you just really love and connect with these characters and we'll talk about it more later on but nice. um i'm looking forward to it it um, seems like a cozy movie yeah, yeah and i think very cozy paul giamatti yeah. could give killian a run I for his would money love. that's what i hear i'm like look I go love for him paul yeah this is one, it's one of the reasons He's i didn't so want to it's like i didn't want to dad. make the list and uh, until I was pressured by you yeah. two because I wanted to wait till I'd seen the well, holdovers I, that are never before. Well, I'm the same. But I, I haven't seen um, can, poor things in holdovers, but yeah. can, we, we can, can issue addendums. And on even the next Zone, we haven't seen Zone. We haven't, haven't seen, seen Zone. Zone looks very dark and sad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but when here and we'll, we will discuss as it comes up later in James's list. Yeah. All right, number um, two. My number two is Killers of the Flower Moon. May December. The Boy and the Heron. All of which will be coming up. Well, this no, is but this, this boy in the hair. This boy in the hair. I'm so glad we're all in agreement with boy in oh, the hair. It's it's just so, so beautiful. It's it's, it's it's just the imagination. Yeah, it's but the heart, the way and it the captures dream. dreamscape. Like, but also it just captures this man's like whole entire life in such an abstract way. But you feel the truth of everything coming through. It's, like I felt like I was very much watching this. Like I know I've heard from other people like, oh, here's all the metaphors of Miyazaki and who yeah. he blah blah. I'm not going in with any of that sort yeah. of like as a as a framework. Like I'm just going into you know obviously there are autobiographical well, elements of his history. You're judging the material it's, by its but by judging its own the material merits. on its own merits. Like I think it's still so, totally it's so good. such a beautifully yeah. Yeah. like imaginative and like fascinating film about like yeah family <laughs> and like legacy and creation <laughs> like just all of these this things. man's mind we yeah. talked about Neil Gaiman earlier I'm like this Miyazaki's mind yeah, yeah. I want to take a little well the great thing about fantasy and <laughs> get like get into there and dream logic open is like head. it's so like not even ambiguous but just so open that you anyone who watches it can project their own stuff onto it and find like this meaningfulness it feels like Miyazaki's talking right to you about something that's very personal to you that he would have never known about but it's just because it's so uh, kind of connective and just yeah. kind of beautiful like 
Yeah, just so many incredible, incredible moments. And like just, characters I really believed in. I feel like Miyazaki is probably one of the best in the world at images, just yeah. like particular mm. moments of images. Like the bit with all of the frogs coming out of the river yeah. and like swarming over him. I was him. thinking all of the paper with... Um, all the paper around the, the woman in bed. And, yeah. yeah, or like uh, all of the little soul guys. Yeah, the like, soul guys to me. Off to yeah. be born. And touching his mother and her turning into water. Like, just oh. even like the, the heron turning into what it was. Absolutely yeah. fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say there was a kid in our cinema yeah it was freaked out freaked out um, also me scared of birds a lot of birds yes, in this that's film true. yes um, I honestly like unlocked a new fear which is what if birds had teeth <laughs> like yeah, <true. laughs> and honestly like the dub was amazing I'm keen to go back and watch yeah. the sub version yeah we I- I have to say, yeah, Robert Penson did the thing with oh, that Oh, he Aaron. smashed he it. He did it. He was so good. Smashed it. Truly. Um, I also want to say about this movie, like, the original title was How Do I Live? Like, mm. I think, or How Do You Live? How Do You Live? How do you live? Yeah. Like, yeah. I love. How Do You Live? Oh, nice. So yeah. good. Yeah. Boy in the Hero. Bit more uh, descriptive title, but. Yeah. 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 I'm rooting for it for the Oscar. Oh, me too. Look, he's 83. Let's Please. give him another one. Let's yeah. let's give Joe Hisaishi uh, his score. A, a score nomination score at least. Yeah. 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 All right. So yeah. that's our number twos. Um, everyone else? Yeah. But we've covered those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Number one. Num- I, wait. Number two. Yes, that, oh, sorry. That was number two. That so was number two. Boy in the Heron. Oh, yeah. yeah no, that was Boy in the Heron. I had Killers of Flower Moon. And I got Made a Simba. And okay. so now we're going up to our number one. Okay. Yep. My number one is Poor Things. My number one is Killers of the Flower Moon. My number one is May December. Three great films. All worthy, worthy inheritors. I haven't seen Poor Things, but I'm excited as fuck because that world looks incredible. I loved Poor Things so much. To me, it gave me all of the aesthetic and like kind of bug nuts, outre Mm. ridiculousness of Saltburn, but Mm. with saying something <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah. like a smart version um and so i think that's why it displaced saltburn and mm. all of that like mm. all of the energy of just weird imagery and like you know beautiful honestly like the confidence of it like it's like gilliamesque it's like what's the guy who did um the 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 like amelie what's that guy's name again jean-pierre Genet. Yeah, yeah it's like your gosh has just like Yorgos just Can we talk strength. about his mind? <laughs> his mind. That's another one. Really? Let's just siphon out some of that. Yeah. And I mean, he could show you how to do that in this film, which features a lot of brain surgery. Mm. Oh but um, yeah, Emma Stone's performance is fantastic. Mark mm. Ruffalo is just—he's mm. going, going he's crazy. Hilarious. He's having so much fun. It's such I a funny film. It's really, 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 really Mark funny. Mark Ruffalo try again, you know? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, he's it's no longer Bruce Banner. He's broken he's out of those to hot have pants. Some fun. Yeah. Um, I also yeah. support any employment of Rami. I love him. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think this is such a good film in terms of... I think I saw a Letterboxd review which was like, this should be the first film that Barbie sees once she joins the real world. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, absolutely. Like, it's sort of saying similar things about self-actualization of women. Um, And yeah, it's sort of using this metaphor of this kind of born, like, you know, I don't want to spoil all of the plot Mm -hmm. because you haven't Mm -hmm. seen it. Um, But this kind of, yeah, this innocent uh, that is learning about the world extremely fast and uh, forming her own opinions and, you know, attachments to the world and understanding yeah. of society and understanding of what's inherently 
ridiculous about societal norms. Self-actualization, um, yeah. Mm. And yeah, it's it's just so, like, I think, so fun and so funny and so mm. beautifully done. It's also one of the most pro-sex work films I've we seen love. in a long time, yeah. um, which I really loved. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, and it's just so many wonderful, hilarious sequences. Like, this character is... Great. Like, Emma is just... Kill- we were talking about Jennifer Lawrence and oh. a role paired to somebody, like... This yeah. is such a better role for her than something like La La Land, which she does very well in. But, like, but like this is, like, yeah, it's, show, like, the, the ways that she, like, subtly in each scene, because it's, it's, there is, she, her character changes so much mm. over the course of mm. the film, like, mm. the subtle different shifts that she makes scene by scene. Is, yeah. like, as she evolves. As she evolves. As, as I love Emma Stone. Yeah. I've, I've loved her since 2008 when she appeared in Superbad. Yeah. <laughs> and then Easy A, we were just thinking yeah. about that today. I also, I, I she did, did a film... Where Rain Wilson was the lead, it was called The Rocker. She's oh, yeah. so good in that as well. Mm. Heather House Bunny. That's God, right. I know Emma Stan. Yeah. Emma Stan. I love Emma Stan. Stan. I good. love her so much. Like, I forget uh, because she doesn't do a lot of movies, but every time she pops up, I'm like, I love mm. her. I love it. Um, a yeah. great, great year for it's Willem great. Dafoe as well. Jason Schwartzman, great year for him, like popping up in yeah. all these He's not important. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. But I, with Asteroid. City. City, yeah. Willem Dafoe's there. He's in, yeah. Oh, sorry, Asteroid Boy City. Heron. Boy the Heron. Um, I just yeah. like this little character. I just kill him. Yeah, Willem Dafoe also great in Poor Things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. that was my take. What uh, What else we got? We got Killers of the Flower I Moon. Just like I, Killers on paper is would not be like what you would expect would be my mm, number one mm. film of the year. But I just, it was three hours and a, some change, mm. and I was in it. It's it's absolutely deserves that I running was time. Just it like, needs that running time. I just like the detail, the history of these people, and mm. also just like the craft involved. And Lily Gladstone for me is mm. incredible. Yeah. Like I don't even care that she's sick for half of the film. She's like <laughs> because she also has scenes where she's exactly. sick, and we're seeing her yeah. like mm. you know her wavering faith in her husband as a person that means the best for her during those. Which I, is I was just so invested in the whole history of what was happening and the drama and all the kind of nefarious ways that the the white people in this film and in history have kind mm. of like, um, yeah, kept the indigenous people down and mm. the way the story kind of um, ends in this way that, well, you have to see it. Yeah. yeah. And then the but I cult... think it's such a, st- start, a smart way to mm. end the film. It's such a startling and smart it, way. It kind of, yeah, it kind of like uh, disarmed me in a way that I didn't expect. And also the coda as well. The, mm, the mm. Coming after, straight after that was just elation. Like it, not mm. quite elation, but like something to, to get you out of the a theater. A sense of feeling. like resilience. Exactly. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this was the film that kind of surprised me in how much I kind of loved every aspect of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, films are fluid. And um, that boy in the heron is nip nip nipping Interesting. that yeah. bill is is popping in my head because yeah. I, I only saw it last month so you never know but yeah. Killers yeah. as of right now is my favourite film Killers is overwhelming year. like it's, it's just a fantastic film. just so just like, I like the great score. across the board oh yeah. the score, the score. Mm. because uh. like sometimes when you think of epic it's like to me boring is one of the, the names mm. that mm. the, the things that I hear it's a historical epic but like, Killers yeah. was just oh I love 
Yeah, and you get like, you know, it starts out with a little bit of Marty energy, and you know, it's like, oh yeah, it was a great time, you know, like the the um, time of the the Native the Americans, sort of like, uh, of like the, the gold montage rush kind of time. era at the, be- and at you're the like, beginning of the film. Okay, cool. This is the Marty I know, and then it becomes so much more like, yeah, melancholy and elegiac that it's, uh, yeah, it's just I really. Keen to rewatch it when it, it comes back to the homes. scale of which it's the grandeur in which it's presented is yeah. just like it tells you how important it shows you how important the story is right yeah. like it's like fuck mm. Um, mm. and I really have like the identity of like we were talking boy in the heron like this relationship with Miyazaki like you see that Scorsese is figuring out his own kind of stuff and and his kind of part in this kind of history and um yeah just I, I love getting a sense of who the director is as well and um and all the uh kind of connection that he's made with lily gladstone and uh, the native native americans it's just yeah I, I i don't quite know what i'm saying but i think it's really powerful in terms of like a, yeah. a director kind of wrestling with um yeah his own kind of privileges and and america's kind of privileges and how they've mm. um hurt people all right, and finally, James is number one. Well, talking of hurt people, um, May December um, is a film that is able Todd Haynes again that mind. Um, you're able to create a film <laughs> that is so yeah, maestro, the true maestro. Um, to a film that does not appear on anyone's <laughs> no. top ten. Have on you seen podcast. it? Now? I haven't. Yeah, but, uh, I'll get into I'll it. See, I'll see it at yeah. some point. Yeah, um, but like <laughs> the ability to treat all of these characters as like true like they felt real Mm. while still maintaining this kind of comedic horrific kind of tone throughout that just like plays you like a ball i thought Mm. the performances all across the board Mm. like even even like the kids of of julianne moore like stunning like and we've talked about um Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, and um, Charles Melton. Charles Charles Melton. That was George Melton. Charles Melton just, like, being stunning, but I think it's, like... Yeah, just a a supremely, like, impressive screenplay and performances that just, like, Todd Haynes has a particular sensibility of, like... Mm. Only a few people can make this film and make it work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Todd is... I'm glad he took this on because... There's a version of this movie which is like Horrific. trashy and bad. Yeah. And I think that's one of the way. things that is talk you know, like when they show the clip from the movie that yeah. Natalie Portman ends up being in that is trashy exactly, and bad. Yeah. You know? mm. And I think it is really about psychology. Like it is about mm. looking at that complex psychology of this person who is like their mind is unknowable and mm. like trying to work out exactly what is happening mm. inside Julianne Moore's character's head is just like <sighs> Julianne what is Moore truth is and what is an act for like her. the and most terrifying movie she's character. She's so scary of the year yeah. for me. Oh, when she when she makes the quip about how her daughter's brave for showing her arms in the dress <laughs> yeah. and the entire cinema was like <gasps> Like, uh, it was like a casual cruelty it was so mean it's delicious like um i think on paper this is this is my number two film of the year on paper this would be my number one film of the year just because it ticks all of it's mm. very madness it's very madness 100 percent. i think just the power of of killers like overwhelmed me but this is <laughs> incredible just like the way it toes the line we had that discussion 
not too long ago in the inter- on the internet of whether it was a comedy or not. It's it's mm. dra- it's both dramatic and yeah. comedic. It's, it's a dramedy. It's a yeah. dramedy. It's, it's all, all the things. It's are. satirical of of this this culture. Yeah. Um, but also the truth behind it is really, mm. you know, quite quite dark. And, yeah. And we've like it's been raved about a lot, but Charles Melton in terms of like his kind of arrested development, mm, the way that he's mm. hunched over, that he's like, this conversation with a son on the roof where he's like, he's am I good. creating yeah. a traumatic moment for you right now? And it's like, no, like we're hanging out. He's good. Like, I'm not as enamored by him as everyone else is. I think he's very good. I think it's, it's part of like feeling like a discovery as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the it. woman for me. I think Julianne for me, I was just like, damn, I forgot. You're so good. And Natalie, Mm. that yeah. role yeah. that that scene um where she was like doing the monologue you'll know when you see yeah. mm. that was like naomi watts doing the audition monologue yeah in, in the the drive. Drive for me i was like yeah. girl you've done it again yeah okay well we've... with that we've talked for an entire podcast length yes well, i think we I haven't may... t- well, got topic i may even like for the title be like Top ten slash Wonka, yeah, maybe because we are coming up to an hour, um, and that was fun though. I enjoyed it. It's that. fun. I mean, and I think listeners are curious in terms of like we talk about mixed films a lot. This is a bumper episode, exactly, for the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's a special one. And well, I do want to say just quickly on the May December thing. May December screenwriter is the same screenwriter as Coyote v Acme. <laughs> Coyote v Acme update. <laughs> it's not dead. It's, it's not coming dead. back, it's baby. Coming it's back. coming back. I know you were waiting with breath abated. Yeah. And how fitting that we were talking about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right? when it first came up. And now we're talking about Wonka again with a feature presentation. Feature presentation. You gotta keep us informed. Oh, like, we yeah, we gotta I know mean, more. you know, we need a special. Can you put like a little sound effect in for when we have a coyote, coyote versus Acme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you be like? A well, wow. Coyote yeah. versus Acme is a future episode of this pod. Oh, one hundred percent. Just like Wonka, we willed this to be an episode just yeah. because <laughs> we covered Charlie, but also the trailers. Also, the trailer the came trailers. in, and we said, "How will he?" became yeah, right? Wonka. Wonka why? Well, we were um, discussing trailers in the Red Eye episode, mm. but the Wonka trailer, in retrospect, iconic. Because... Is it maybe iconic? N- maybe not for the James right... James found it quite iconic when he first maybe saw it. Maybe not for the right... I remember you making me watch it, and I was like, ah. Oh. The fact that it played over every film... Oh my god. I saw Hugh Grant do though his little Wonka Oompa Loompa song in that jar... Like yeah. several so times. times. Do you know who's taken up that taken up that mantle? Argyle. I see the oh, Argyle sure. trailer. I'm not seeing Argyle. I'm not gonna see Argyle. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was. Well, it just seems kind of absurd that they're making a prequel mm. of Wonka. We discussed this on the Charlie Chaplin yeah. every episode. So go back. This, let's consider that a prequel to this yeah. episode. and because they had the they had the. Um, the Hugh Grant, what are they called? Oompa Loompa um, IP, that kind of look, right? Mm, but they yeah. couldn't use the story, is that right? What? They what? couldn't use they the Willy Wonka. He was, he was in Loompa Land. He's from Loompa Land. No, 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 they can't use the story of like Willy Wonka. Like, Why I think not? they had some elements of the oh. IP, but not others, so... I don't know about that. Yeah, I feel I like you, if you've got the that. trademark to Wonka, you've got yeah. the trademark to... You don't have Willy everything, Wonka. yeah. Well, 
I don't I, think. I, I, I'm not sure. I'll look into you it. You look into that. You yeah. tell we'll us. You put the little insert if you're correct. James here, producer of Mixed Bag, just to let you know that Warner Brothers acquired the rights of the character of Willy Wonka in 2016. Not me. Um, I think it. Well, it's definitely the Wonka from the 1971 version. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, sorry. It's they had the rights to that movie yeah. as opposed to being able to do a fresh Charlie and the Chocolate Factory story or whatever. And, okay. And his coat is purple. Yeah. And also the Johnny Depp Wonka, he has a different backstory. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, quick. What is our <laughs> history, I guess? History. Well, we saw the trailer a lot. We yeah. went and saw this. So let's, we, we saw this film separately, so let's talk about that. We all yeah. did, uh, yes. So James and I saw this together with my family. Mm-hmm. This um, is probably the longest between reviewing a yeah, film and seeing Yeah, this was our Boxing well, Day uh, Avatar day last year. Avatar, a the bit way, of way of Water. Of water was quite, oh, yeah, you know, quite a bit of a yeah, break. So it happens yeah. a lot this year. Um, I mean... At this, at this time of year, yeah. yeah. So we went because my mother, uh, as she mentioned to us all, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was the first film that she ever saw by herself without Damn. her parents, with oh, her friends. Yeah. They were allowed to go by themselves. She would have been like, when's it, 1971? 1971. Would have been like six. Cute. By herself. Yeah, yeah. with her friend. They got oh. dropped off at the movie theatre. They went to go see Willy Wonka. Nice. And they got picked up. Good movie to start off with. Yeah. Kind of scary. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. What about scary? Uh, she loved yeah. it. <laughs> we're all going on our... Whatever the... Well, the he's water kind fountain of, is. His Gene Wilder himself is kind of just like off-putting. Yeah. Oh, yes. What's the boat ride? Like, I get it now as an adult, but as a kid, right? You're like, what is this man's deal? Yeah. Unnerving. Interesting. So and much we'll hair. talk about that no. as we talk <laughs> right. about Wonka. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, we saw it. Boxing Day. I saw it like when I came, but we were, I was going to go see this with my family as well, but none of us really wanted to see movies. Mm-hmm. Like, um, during the gooch of the year, as I like to call it. Um, yeah, between Christmas and New Year's, uh-huh. where you do nothing. It's kind of just like there. Um, but I did see it um, as my first film that I've seen in the New Year, so <laughs> fancy that. Um, I have opinions. Obviously, I'll talk about it. But this is also a Paul King film. Yes. And you know I have beef with that man. Yeah, creator of your nemesis. Well, he's not creator, but he created the film. Yeah. Do you hate Paddington the character, or as Paddington is created in those movies? I've thought about this, and I will discuss. Okay. I will discuss. Because I thought I hated the films, and then I was like, no, maybe I just hate the character. And now... Now you you know. (laughs) Now I know, I think. Does Paddington have books? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know there's the soft toy. Well, yeah. yeah well, and the soft toys come from the books. They didn't just make a toy. Hope the animated Michael. show. Michael Brown, I believe. No, Michael Bond. Michael Bond. Mm. Yeah. I okay. had them as a child. Okay. It's very cute. Yeah. yeah. Well, cute to some. Not to Matt. Maybe. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, what do we do next? We <laughs> do forgotten. movie in a minute, and I'm just waiting for you to prepare to introduce me. Okay, you're ready to go. I'm ready to go. So Wonderful. you saw this on Boxing Day. Yeah, I did. So this was so a long we'll ass time ago. And James, you forget that you don't need to put a timer on your phone because you've got uh, a kilo <laughs> file oh, ready to go. Pains. Everything's different. I mean, we took a long holiday. We, yeah. We've we, been out for a while. Our last while. episode was like a month ago. Um, over. Well, over well, we recorded ago. in November. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys did. were going to leave for your holiday. We haven't done this in yonks. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, so Cut this, this is... all out. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Movie in a minute. Leave it in. Double it. Starting from now. 
Willy Wonka, played by Timothy Chalamet, is a young wannabe chocolatier who arrives in Big City, question mark, with 12 silver sovereigns in his pocket, uh, which he gradually loses over the course of his first day there. He has to seek residence with a scary uh, landlady, played by Olivia Coleman, who tricks him into signing up a contract because he can't read, um, where he, uh, if he doesn't <laughs> sell chocolate, who is so basically put into indentured servitude. Um, so he's stuck in this laundry with these other people that have been stuck making chocolates, uh, stop make, uh, doing laundry um, because he can't sell chocolates because there's a chocolate cartel that want to stop him from selling them. Uh, so they uh, go and do guerrilla chocolate selling. They like go out and sell chocolates during the day. He makes some more money so that he can rent a chocolate shop but the chocolate cartel sabotage him. Uh, then at one point he and his little girl uh, get trapped in a big chocolate <laughs> fountain thing and then they get, the day gets saved. Something happens at the end and the Oompa Loompas who have been there the whole time um, which is Hugh Grant help Timothy Chalamet to open his factory. Okay. Okay, that the was, climax of that, the film. That train was smooth and then it just suddenly derailed. <laughs> like, well, it well was something th- happened to the end. <laughs> <laughs> something happened. Okay, now I, I was got to the end and I remember they were underneath in the big chocolate vault that was full of melted yeah. chocolate. Yeah. The Palumpa saves them. Ah, that's how. But then how do they. So they. Slugworth tries to like kill him on the boat first off, right? Yes. And then... And then, uh, oh, they've got the book of, like, the files or whatever that prove mm. that the chocolate cartel have been yeah. secretly yeah. funneling chocolate but they're watering but down they're, their chocolate. Yeah, but they're in the vault. They're in, in the vault. And that's point. how, when they're able to give that to the non-corrupt police, not the corrupt yeah. police guy, mm. that's and how then, they win the day. And then the, the, the three chocolatiers uh, cartel, they eat the chocolate that makes you fly. Yeah. And that's why... The chocolate makes you fly, you stick foot on the beach that makes you old. Sure. That okay. was at the beginning, though. No, yeah. but at the end. At the oh, end they oh and then away. they fly off again. Yeah, they yeah. fly off. That's how they, you know, are able to not it's get away. A, it's quite a plotty film. And then, well, he opens his... Oh, and then his orphan friend is reunited with her mother. Yes. yes. Um, there's a lot of uh, um, mothers and kids theme. And then he builds his factory and he feels connected to his mum. Right? Oh no, no, wait, he's like, he shares his chocolate and he feels connected with yes. Sally Hawkins. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, it's not the chocolate, it's who you share so, it with. So That's basically, right. it's the origin story of Willy Wonka. Yeah. Supposedly. All right. Let's Before go. we continue on to talk about the film as a whole, we first have to talk about the heart. Well, yeah. no, we have to talk about our latest segment. The oh. titular role. Oh. No, no. Hot, hot butter, butter comes first, before. then the titular We've role. We've talked about the plot. Now we talk about, about the, the heart, heart, and then it's titular mm, role. All right. My Most visually bad. pleasing. Let's get on. Where it's all a mess. Sizzle. Some <laughs> mm. growing pains. Now man. I completely forgot about this segment. Yeah. 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 There's not a lot of hot people. Not a lot of hot people in this. No. So it's too um, for me. I'm gonna go for the one. The quiet lady that works the switchboard. Oh, she was board, quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the gang of laundry people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know her name of yeah. the actor or the character. The the telephone lady. Telephone um, lady. Yeah, it's Timmy. That's it. Um, <laughs> I guess maybe the nice cop. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you Not know a hot was, film, everyone. who was also kind of hot for me. The oh. second chocolatier. Yes. He the one who, oh, oh, yeah, the one who's who vomits when he says pause. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, yeah, that would be my one. Um, uh, if I yeah. could have that. Yeah. I, I was yeah. like, we were talking to, talking to James's cousin when she was staying here yeah. shortly before we um, 
yeah. uh, lift for Mexico, and she was saying that she's, I'm a big fan of Timothy Chalamet, but he doesn't look very hot in this new film. Yeah. He, it's not so. his hottest film at all. And to be fair, Willie is not meant to be hot. So. No, yeah. not a hot, not, yeah. I don't know if we should do do my cousin's voice quite so, but yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> she's she sounds, this is her voice. She's British, yeah. Um, she, she says that um, Wonka gives her the egg. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, a little bit. He gave me the fair. egg in this film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I guess also who's the Taskmaster guy that was there? Um, something Wang. Guy. Oh, Phil oh, Wang. Phil Wang. Yeah, not Phil Wang, but the person Phil Wang marries. I think. Oh, yeah, she's oh, yeah. quite cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, she's also a Taskmaster contestant. Oh, Don't love it. Haven't seen that season. Anyway, now it is time for the titular role. There is no role of the Tempest. It is the titular role. No. No. <laughs> Wonka, that's him. That's Wonka. It's about Honestly, him. Honestly, Willie became. You know what? Good title. It's a good title for what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. It's straightforward. Yeah. yeah you know, sure. it sticks in yeah. your brain. Yeah, also, as a word itself, Wonka, quite funny. I think I prefer Wonka. Look at that Tonka so beans. Yeah, right. It's mm. funny. I think it would be better if you called it the way of Wonka. Hmm. <laughs> Willy Wonka 2, The Way of Wonka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously. It's right there. It writes uh, itself. No, I think Wonka's a good title. I mean, whatever. It's it's fine. Uh, should have been Bucket. Bucket. Well, oh, the that's not don't Wonka. don't even appear in this. No, Charlie Bucket. Bucket. Yeah, but they but don't even not, appear in this film. In the what are you yeah, about? but then there's going to be another film called Bucket, surely. Well, no. what if it was just called Willy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bucket is a movie. Willy. Really? Oh. Um, no, it's yeah. Wonka. It's the chocolate bar. Yeah. It works. Yeah, All right, let's it move is on. what it is. Yeah. Okay, so now to talk about the bottles of the film. Oh, wait, can I just say? Yeah. A Paul King confection? Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did it say that? I really, yeah. I really dislike all these modifiers. From the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughan, a Paul King confection. <laughs> oh, that was the start of the yeah. movie even, yeah. not even the trailers. Yeah. M. Night does... Um, what does he do? Twists. He, yeah, no, 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 but he has <laughs> no, like a no, exactly. he has a term as well. Like it's, it's the master of suspense for Hitchcock is something iconic. Akin no. to the twisted mind of something. It's all like very that. like yeah, the Spike Lee joint. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. Though. That one's cool. He could that's he could do cool. it. He could pull it yeah. off. But everybody so, else um, feels like they're aping that. You know. Yeah. Okay. What do we like about Wonka? I liked Little Machines. It is cute. There's some mm. great little machines in this. I liked his portable little chocolate factory that he had that had little, like, memory box mm. that played his memories that in it fun. somehow, and it made little chocolates. Um, I also liked uh, when the Oompa Loompa had his little uh, travel case, and yeah. it, like, opened up, and he had a little, like, mm. a little lounge in there. Yeah. Love a gadget. Uh, I liked the dog's laundry machine that he made. It was fun, to, yeah. To I really liked that. Do, you know? That was cool. I was like, look, like the sort of, the inventions. The ingenuity. The ingenuity his mind. The inventions. We need to crack mind. into one. Crack mind. open <laughs> that chocolate mind. Crack it open. I want to how's like, make hollow in there how's he or making is it full of cream? That make you fly. <laughs> it's like, you, you take a bite and it's it's chocolate. Mm. Yeah. You know what's in there? What? It's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you just like take it's a like, bite out of his mind and there's chocolate, chocolate, chocolate inside. Like cut chocolate. open his brain, it's chocolate. <laughs> the chocolate cross section of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> he, right. He's actually a chocolate bar in human clothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was oh. my favorite thing. The, well, the intricacy for me of the that there is a corrupt cardinal. Cardinal? Cartel. 
No, no, no. No, the, there's the priest. Oh, the, the priest. Rowan, the priest. Okay. And then he has his Gregorian. I was about to say Rowan McShane. Shout out to our friend. <laughs> We'd love to see Rowan Mc... <laughs> McShane just take it that is, role on, you know? Uh, Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then he has his monks who are obsessed with chocolate, and then below that, so they're all corrupt because they love chocolate. And they, I do like that the monks ch- Gregorian chant things yeah. together. That was that funny. Was fun. That was a great. Good joke. Also, I love that there was five hundred of them. Yeah, five hundred yeah. monks. <laughs> so many. And then there's a car- chocolate cartel, and underneath it, they have this huge vat where they all put in their chocolate, so they're selling the same chocolate. Mm. Um, I liked that, like Ocean's Eleven, like heist. They had like a blueprint where they yeah. were explaining it all. I like when the characters all come together. It's cute. Like, it's yeah. nice. Like, I like, yeah. as you said, the little gadgets. Like, he had the little house that when he was making chocolate for um, Noodle for the yeah. first time. Noodle. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Like the mini factory. His, like, his travel factory. Yeah. Um, and his little confections when he's just starting out. Like, mm. um, his yeah. pen and stuff. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't as much a fan of the chocolate shop itself. I was like, I. It was I, too. It didn't feel, artificial. Yeah, it didn't feel like I could see the mechanics of it, and I really liked that you can see the mechanics in the other. I things. didn't see enough brown chocolate. Yeah, like, a lot of like dyed, saw, colorful chocolate. I saw the vat, which was not appealing because it looked too much yeah. like another thing. But mm. in, in <laughs> the, the chocolate, ch- chocolate waterfall from the absolute. Movie. Yeah. Mm. Um, but in the actual shop when they open it, like it's too pink and blue. It doesn't and green. look like solidly like, delicious. Give me you know? a nice like, chocolate block, you know, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. no chocolate. Yeah. And I feel like that should be a staple. Like yeah. the perfect chocolate Just the classic bar. square bar. Yeah. Mm. Because that would be good marketing, like if you mm. start selling the one. Well, bars like again. because well, I mean, the chocolate cartel sell bad mm. chocolate, right? Yeah. Like it's it doesn't watered it's down. been watered it's down. Watered like down. what about just a wholesome like chocolate cacao full flavor? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else I enjoyed? Um, I love Sally Hawkins. She's so I like her the person. Like as a presence, I liked her narrow boat. I, I didn't love Sally Hawkins' character. I don't know I about her character, but I was like, I like her as a person. For the yeah. minutes that she was there, I was like, I love her. But what? it felt like it was just Paul King being like, Hey, remember how you were in Paddington? Can you just come do that well, and put an Irish accent I don't on? Know. She, she <laughs> have, she, she's she literally have, not in Paddington Three, so she chose this. She just mm. has just like such a warm presence. What happened like, to her in Paddington Three? We don't know. She's been replaced. <gasps> As the mother. Emily Mortimer, I think, is replaced. What? Is, that's yeah. wild. And Rachel Ziegler was going to be in it, but then because of... Wait, she's not Mrs. Brown? She's not. And that's... Paul Kang is not doing Paddington in Peru. Oh. Oh, he's not directing it. Yeah, somebody else's. Not and you And so Sally was like, I'll go with you, Not Paul. you making me care about who plays who in Paddington. Well, and Rachel Ziegler was going to be in it, but then because of the strikes, um, for whatever reasons, they, they needed to commence, and it's not a... An American production. I see. And so she wasn't I able see. to go through with it because of the strikes. Well, yeah. good riddance to the franchise. Um. Well, we'll see what happens without the Paul King spice. Because I mean, what if this is Matt's favorite? I know. Yeah. The thing, the thing about this movie is it feels very Paul Kingy. Um, yeah. And I like like Olivia Coleman and her partner. I thought were pretty fun. That was, fun. That was very Roald Dahl-y. Yeah. That was yeah, probably the most Roald Dahl-y element. Um, I, I like, some, I like gonna... the warmth that Sally Hawkins brought to the role compared to the other caricatures in the movie. That's all I'm mm. gonna say. Yeah, I'm just gonna pause. We got some banging and crashing. Yes, um, our outside. window has blown. So we will be back in a sec. Okay. And we're back. Right. To me, like 
what I'll say for this section is that there's not a lot that I like was gushing over this movie. I just want to say there are lots of things that I thought was pleasant. Yeah. Yes. I would say you it's know? generally a very fine, pleasant yeah. film. Yeah. I kind of like the songs, to I be thought, honest. <laughs> I thought one, the song Scrub Scrub, I thought was fun because scrub, scrub. you're also getting the, um, the interior of like mm. what it's like down there. I like that guy. What's that guy from? Uh, Jim oh. Carter. Yeah. Downton. Yeah, he's Downton. Yes, that's yeah, he's right. got a great voice. Scrub, I, I just scrub. married to Melda Staunton. Love, oh, love love a good, power, love a good couple. thespian power couple. Yes. <laughs> um, so I enjoyed meeting all of them. I like those characters yeah. by and large. Um, I think so as well. I enjoyed. Yeah, that. I didn't feel like I didn't really love the comedian quite as much, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And Noodle, I didn't feel like I fully knew, but you know, mm. she was fine. Mm. Um, but I was weirdly affected by the end where. Even though it's not, doesn't really feel very wonkery. Her I mean, reuniting we'll with her mum, yeah. the wonkeriness. Yeah. I, I was like, it's a very pleasant film. That's, I was like, oh, I, yeah. I felt a little something. And then pure imagination, which is not a they, song. They recontextualize it. Yeah. Um, I liked. It that was nice to back. hear that comeback because it's a it's a banger. So yeah. it's just yeah. you know nice to hear that song. I don't think the songs really okay. worked for me. Yeah. He's I would have liked. Fine. I would have liked. A, a um, candy man to come back. Yeah, that would have been yeah. fun. Yeah, especially fun. when he kind of starts his business and yeah, you know, you know he's singing it. To the s- candy man s- can. Yeah. Um, to me, I thought was awful in the trailers, but serviceable in the movie. Yeah. Should we talk about the Timmy of it all? Yeah, because he's yeah. not a full bag. F- I mean, um, I think he works. Sometimes. I feel like he's he was fine. doing his best, but yeah. I think he's woefully miscast. I think in the me. second half he's a lot more successful you when know, he's doing the manic stuff where he's like wow gee but ah. you know who I would have cast very much older oh maybe too old Jeremy Allen White <laughs> like, no no. Me, no no not for like I mean I can see for the Jim like Wilder connection but this has no like again these are these are both these are naturalistic boys you're yes. looking has... at these people who are great at realism well, and naturalism the... and close to the chest performances, and this is not what this is. is. The the runner-up for this role was Tom Holland, which I think he's too sweet to be Wonka. Um, I, I, think, think he... I think this Wonka is written too sweet. And that's exactly, the same. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. But, and um, I think Timmy has a bit of an edge, but he's not going to play it. I think he it. is. Yeah. My, my, my young Wonka call was Daniel Radcliffe. I think he's fucking weird. You know, if we want an edge, why don't we just cast Barry fucking Keoghan? <laughs> Barry Keoghan, I'm well, like, probably better, to be honest. I mean, Keoghan some of the other names they had How on wild. the brain was um, Donald Glover and Ezra Miller, apparently. Oh, well, it, oh. Ezra Miller, no. Donald but Donald be, Glover, I could Donald Glover. See. Interest in this role, though? I'm Again, not sure. like, I don't think Donald Glover and Paul King... No. no jibe to me i i would love to see what donald well, glover did as like a I think, weird wonka i think see, that would I be just, a more interesting and i just don't know if film. paul king and wonka but i don't think paul king and wonka mm. go to work this okay should we get into our into our bananas because <laughs> yeah. we're, we're edging around the bananas yeah the main problem is we've just discussed the character of willy wonka in yeah. willy wonka and the chocolate factory what we like about willy what wonka. we love about him is he is unknowable yeah he is uh, like absolutely like Crypt- cryptic yeah, he's cryptic. He's a bit unhinged. Uh, he's unpredictable. Like, everything mm. that he sort of does, you know, uh, is he going to be nice? Or is he going to be, like, suddenly shouting at you? Like, mm. it's... Well, that's the... I mean, we were joking about it. But, like, cracking into that brain. I'm like, let's. what's in that brain? That's how I feel about Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. I'm like, yeah. what's in that brain? Even Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka, I'm like, something's going See, on in there. I've... But with Timmy, I'm like... 
You're just a nice boy. He's just well, a I nice guy that likes people I, and chocolate. I honestly think Timmy could have done it, but the script didn't the script really guide him there. Yeah. I think he should have been unlikable in the um, living situation kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe they don't like him at first. Yeah, I, I think, think he's antisocial. My, yeah. sort of, yeah. my thoughts are, <laughs> I think that like the fundamental premise of Wonka the prequel doesn't make sense because... If, if you were going to make Wonka your protagonist, mm. because even in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and like even in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, though less so that he's kind of more of a protagonist than yeah. that. But you have Charlie as your protagonist character. Mm. You have the person you're seeing Willy Wonka through the and, eyes of another person. Yeah. Mm. And so it doesn't make sense to make him the person, our hero. Wait, wait, are we on fix the movie mode? Yes, I we're on so. fix the movie mode. Okay. I had, I was, I, I was leaving with go. James, my pitch for fixing Wonka. It's an entirely different film. So firstly, we're chucking out this entire film. So mm, mm. let's start with that. Um, but well, we're keeping the cast, right? We have to like play okay, with the people. Sure. Like if we're keeping, well, I don't okay, know. Okay. No. no. Okay. I'm saying this is my premise for a film. Okay. Is I'm like, look, what we want to know, what do we want to know about Wonka's backstory? What do we mm. want to know is like how he grew to become this, you know, kind of strange, isolated, eccentric candy man that works in a factory with all of these, like, Oompa Loompas are his mm. only companions. Mm. So I'm like, we have an Oompa Loompa, they are our protagonist, that is the main person that we are seeing through, and so we see them, like, form a, like, sort of begrudging, like, enemies to besties okay. friendship with Willy Wonka, and so that way we're firstly recontextualizing the issues with the Willy Wonka, with the Oompa Loompa story, we're being like, okay, actually these are the like close friends that he has. We, these are people that like he's been working with. Yeah. Um, so we're sort of turning that from the problematic stuff of the books into like, let's actually yeah. give these characters well. agency and first character perspective. Mm. And we're also seeing the weirdness and eccentricities of Willy Wonka from the perspective of another person who's mm. our main character. I think that's the main thing. I think it should be Wonka from another person because my pitch is the trial of Willy Wonka. <laughs> and all of the, the 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 witnesses come up and recall... So this is a sequel from after, like, after yeah. the, the, the issues yeah. at the factory. Well, whatever. He could be really old. It's kind yeah. of like Citizen Kane. They're yeah. recalling <laughs> what Wonka was like as a young person. Nice. And like obviously everyone has a diff- slightly different perspective of Wonka, but okay. like the things that stick in their brain, like and it kind of explain why Wonka is, right? Like, mm. And in my version, because Wonka is such a... A firecracker of a person. He's like kind of a misanthrope. Yeah, like that's is, kind is of is he guilty? It, right? Is he not guilty? Is he good? Is he bad? Like in yeah. this kind of story, this recalling of it's a sequel in the moment, but it's a prequel because they're I telling see. We're the doing story. The, uh, they're the, the Citizen Kane. Can I right. pitch you? Can I pitch you a title? Anatomy of a Waterfall. Yeah. And Wonka <laughs> is... It's got to have chocolate in there, I think, as well. And Wonka is... Anatomy, anatomy of a Chocolate Waterfall. waterfall. Yeah. Wonka is, like, that's not his real name. It's kind of like Rosebud. It's like something really yeah. kind he of special to him. And he, he changed oh, it. I see. You know? Yeah, yeah, nice. And so, is he like a Scrooge? Does he like... Is he Maybe. redeemed Maybe. He could end? be very old, you know? Right. Who would be old Wonka? Old Wonka. Jim? Jim Broadbent. Carrie. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, right, Carrie. But but Jim doesn't old. act much. Well, that's the thing, you know. Like, mm. but brought, big, brought the big guns. Yeah. But like, Broadbent is wild for Wonka. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh my! Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, no, it has to be someone assertive. It's Daniel Day. <laughs> Coming out of <laughs> he's retirement. Got a retirement, and he's doing. Wonka. He puts down his shoes. His tailored <laughs> shoes. I mean, 
he's secretive. You don't know much about him. I mean, if there's a celebrity that's most like Willy Wonka, it's Daniel Day Lewis. Okay, <laughs> that's a great call. But that's my Wonka. Okay, nice. I mean, your I want to advance on your thing that you were saying, mm. your pitch. You suggested that the Oompa Loompa wasn't was trusting Willy Wonka, and the rest of his community was like, "No, no, no! Don't deal with this chocolate man." Like they didn't. Quite so fit. mine was less about that and more about like if we're going to do a rehabilitation of the oh, Oompa Loompa situation, yeah. oh, yes, yes, right? Yes. Like then I think we can't do that by just changing, like just retconning the entire thing. It's like, what do we not see in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory 1971? Mm. We don't see any of the actual like working arrangements and yeah. like like relationship that the Oompa Loompas have with Willy Wonka. We just see that they work in this factory. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, I want to see that story of like background of like from that perspective of one of these characters because I'm like also this could be a really great role for a little person yeah. um mm. that would get to be you know <laughs> like I just yeah. can see that little person in the stand eating down okay. yeah this is like testify like you know <laughs> yeah okay my pitch I guess if I have to create one is like uh it's like the structure of Steve Jobs so it's before one of his big launches so it oh, takes uh, okay, place like yes. before the chocolate factory is about to begin he's consulting with everybody with the Oompa Loompas I don't really I don't think it's a I mean a, a day in the life of the chocolate factory could be like it could be incredible. fascinating this is the one thing the fact there is not very much chocolate factory is yeah. I mean as you can see my favourite thing little mechanical stuff yeah. not a lot of that in this you know like I mean, we could have had a lot more of that if we had a factory well, I, film, found but, that, you know. I found that the um, relationship with Lumpy is that the name who who's Lumpy Lumpy Hugh Grant's character Oh the, no, lofty. lofty, lofty. Oh yes, he's lofty. Yeah, he's right. tall. Um, <laughs> I was like, "What are you saying? <laughs> Which one um, is lofty?" Well, I feel like we got the whole of lofty in the trailer, yeah. And there was nothing. He's else. like barely in it. And I it was—it's a glorified cameo, kind of. Mm. And then I really liked their like handshake at the end. I thought, yeah. like, oh, that was sweet. I wish the rest of the movie was kind of about that. Which is why I like your pitch so yeah. much. It's like, yo. The the most complex well, there's a lot of complex stuff about Roald Dahl and Willy Wonka, but like you should interrogate or like get into the weeds of the Oompa Loompa yeah, stuff. It still more. doesn't really explain how yeah. he amasses all these well, the Oompa Loompa. But the film as it is, it doesn't work as a prequel for Willy Wonka mm. nineteen seventy one because we've got a character who in this film is very genial, yeah. uh, loves chocolates, but also loves other people. And, yeah. like, his whole sort of moral of the yeah. thing is him sharing chocolate with others. And then we start the 1971 Willy Wonka with very... a, a, a recluse yeah. who hates children, yeah. <laughs> um, who, yeah, likes chocolates, but also doesn't seem to like or understand other people at all. Well, that's for Wonka, too. Obviously. And so it's like, that, as a prequel, like, <laughs> how do you get to that point? Like, it's nothing to do, you know, yeah. No. And also, I'm like, I think that's fundamentally good odds with what Paul King wants to do because he wants to make fuzzy yeah. films that are about nice people being nice which is, is this, that is totally fine to do but that's yeah. not who Willy Wonka is like, I just that's... I think there's something inherently compelling about someone who can make the most delicious treats and then is not able to get along with another human being yeah it's like that contradiction they can only like is communicate compelling. through the sweet yeah. treats that's yeah. how they show love yeah it's that they have a soul it's, the, it's yeah. their soul is his in the soul food. is in his food mm. um, um, yeah I think with a Paul King of it all where I thought I didn't like his movies and then I pivoted to being like, oh, I just don't like Paddington. I just don't think I like his movies. I just don't. I think it's... I get it more now that I've seen Wonka because I think the pairing with Paddington is right. Paddington that makes works with sense that because sure. that works yeah. with the character. I think this is a, such a mismatch for this character. Yeah, I 
just think it's you know how people don't like Wes Anderson. Mm. That kind of I I have that with I think it's too twee for it's me. Twee. It's too yeah. like nice, which yeah. is fine. I mean I get it. And Paddington Two I actually kind of enjoyed like the Hugh Grant sequences in that mm-hmm. film mm. and the That's prison sequences twee. really fun. Yeah, um, with Brendan Gleeson, I just I can't get that. Barbershop sequence out of my head. I hate that sequence. It's very stressful. Yeah, I think uh, here it's kind of like it was pleasant. It didn't bother me as much because I didn't find Wonka as annoying, but um, it also doesn't really say anything. It I feel like it's just evoke a, it's just such an me. unnecessary yeah. film. It's yeah. a bunch of stuff, you know? and it's kind of pleasant stuff, you know, flamingos and giraffes and stuff, but it's um doesn't feel like kind of connected to yeah. any of the original story and it doesn't have to be but much, i'm like if you are taking this ip like you know if you're basing it on this thing the only thing that they've actually taken for willy wonka the character to make him consistent across these movies is he's a guy that makes chocolate yeah. like that's I, the only consistent I, characteristic i also think his lore is pretty and unique like yeah i thought his mum would be way more involved in the story like, no she's got one flashback and then she literally just yeah. likes making chocolate and wants to go to that place yeah. i was like okay that's it i thought she was connected into the whole chocolate dynasty in some way she has the philosophy of like share chocolate don't yeah but i was then i'm like so he unlearned that lesson (laughs) but also i was like like, we don't see him hoarding his chocolate at any point he wants to share his chocolate with the world from the the start because if i like to me i would have what did he learn nothing he learn anything in this he's just nice and then he's fine (laughs) he defeats the chocolatier i mean the the cartel he defeats the so it's all external it's all external conflict there's no internal conflict or growth on this film yeah but i don't know like i feel like the location itself could have used more like like, and they could have played more with like this is a totally fictional town that's yeah, well, half English and half, half American. American. Well, and that's kind of the running joke from the original film as yeah. well, because they're like, yeah, true. The buckets are American, but everyone else is British. And, and well, they like, won't because American. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, um, but I don't know. Like, I could have wanted an expansion of the word. Like, if this was like the big deal in chocolate, give me a fantasy scene where Sally Hawkins dances and sings in her like fantasy like. Mm chocolate world or whatever and that's like why does oh i don't get it i don't get why he's so obsessed with chocolate it's just his, his mom makes nice chocolate like yeah. that's not yeah. enough for me i guess there are some fantasy they're like dancing in the streets and his chocolate factories but yeah it doesn't really go far enough give me like, a, a bit more imaginative like just the things that kind of popped what they thought like the balloon and like the the opening of the chocolate factory sequence i was like i need more I need yeah. more from this. I, uh, it's I, cute, but I, it's they need more. I don't find many of the songs particularly memorable. I don't um, think they're memorable, but I thought they were cute. They were fine. Yeah, I guess they're fine. But I, I do, I don't think we should settle for fine. It's like musicals should really, they should burrow into your head. Like the songs, mm. they should be in there. And the only one is um, Scrub Scrub. Other than that, I'm like, I couldn't tell you what the other ones are. I think yeah, they're fine songs. Mm. They're musically like pleasant to hear, but yeah. you know, yeah. one thing that really bothered me was the police officer character. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, um, which, which I think is he's perf- Keegan Michael Key is performing it okay. He just it's so unnecessary. It's just know? this yeah. This dump. So the main premise of this is he's being bribed with chocolate to yeah. approach the chocolate cartel, and so they show this with him being in an increasingly large fat but suit also, in every like, scene. Isn't there mm. chocolate? Not good. <laughs> yeah, I guess the chocolate. The, the thing is, like, it's not clear whether the chocolate is good or yeah. if it's like just they're like, oh, we watered the chocolate down, but this is the good chocolate, or I yeah. don't know. It's not really or if clear. They're just addicted to crap, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, the um, and like the, yeah, suits... the whole sort of like it's so silly because he's got so fat from all of the chocolates that he ate. And I'm like, I yeah. just it just seems like a dumb fat suit visual kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's I something mean, it feels that... very Roald Dahl, but you know, Roald Dahl, very British as well, which is like <laughs> yeah, we did discuss that. Yeah, right? yeah, it's just yeah, and not what with with love actually. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, it's just and not... it pops up in Mamma Mia too as well. Like, I just not funny. Girl. Like, I mean. Yeah. Oh, it's such it's a, not funny. It's so yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't get it. I don't get it. if 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 it made me laugh once. Exactly. Like Norbert was like twenty years ago now. Like let's fucking move on. Yeah. But I don't know. And it's also, film, but, you know. um, fat suits are over. <laughs> fat suits. It's just out in twenty twenty four. Fat suits out. are over. <laughs> if the whale came out this year, we'd be so against it. Yeah. Um. What was it? Um. Noodle. What? No, is noodle. She? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Um, what? There's just a girl, and then she's the there girl. to help out. Who's in and love be, with him? And be plucky, I guess. I don't know who deal. She just needs her mum, I guess. They just needed a nice orphan character. Yeah. And then I to thought, be his friend. And, oh. and then I thought that like, he can't read though. So yeah, she, so does she teach teaches him to, him to read. read. I found it funny that he can't read, but more because I thought of Gutenberg the musical. <laughs> yeah, I think the way he announces is like, I can't read. It's like it's, it's quite funny. Yeah. Uh, noodle. Is now the heir to that Slugworth. The Slugworth fortune. Fortune. So I thought there would be a bow in that at the end. No, but, doesn't uh, come out. Well, wait I for mean, Wonka too. Yeah. Yeah. She's and that's, a and that's what breaks him. Yeah. It's yeah. Oh, the, he gets broken by, by noodle. By noodle. Yeah. Yeah. Paul King's never gonna go that dark. Though. Wonka two was his like Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, journey. yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the darkest he's been? I guess. I don't like, know what other films he's done. It's other than just you being. Yeah, I guess like dusted shaving of the head. That's yeah. the darkest he ever got. But, hijinks antics yeah yeah i don't know she was fine but i do love the weird she has a crush on oh thing. i do have a bottle actually when ron atkinson <laughs> picks up the phone and he's like what does he say this is the pulpit or something <laughs> yeah it's funny it's pretty good um yeah they should have established that there was a pulpit phone earlier though because otherwise the telephone person yeah. didn't make sense here's um, what i'm missing from this film more chocolate porn I just want it's more no chocolate. It's no chocolate. It's not it's even. No sense of like this is real chocolate. But it's neither of the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movies where yeah. you want like they yes they were going crazy for the chocolate but I want to see the actual chocolate. The big, I think a big thing is like they because what they get to eat is like little bonbons tiny. you just put into your mouth and then they're gone and yeah. I'm like all the iconic chocolate mm. moments I remember from Willy Wonka original is like. When he's unwrapping the Wonka bar and yeah. like having a bite of oh, like well, the big chocolate the big, bar, like yeah, it's like, either like and stuff. Yeah, it's like, like having a, a bite into it, you know? or like large sculptural things. But it's like know? seeing people eat it, you know? I want to like, see them eat when they're that getting bulk. the cream off the mushroom and yeah. like the to- like inside the and like the little oh. tea. Like they even do a reference to the little like teacup dandelion, but it doesn't look as yeah. it doesn't look as edible. It doesn't look real. It looks yeah. like just a fo- uh, CGI thing. Exactly. It's why Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is worse than Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is because none of the chocolate looks real as bad. Well, there's that sequence. (laughs) I like the chocolate. In that waterfall sequence where they're eating it. And, you know, they did a bit of that. Yeah. But not much. But it didn't convince me. Oh, no, no. I just mean in um, in the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, There's a little bit of tactile chocolate eating. But, yeah, there's not tons here. They're all little, as you say, bonbons. Um, Trying to think if there's anything we haven't kind of covered in Wonka um, like it 
kind of works as a package, but yeah, it's just not really... It feels like a totally inoffensive fine film, Mm. and I think it would honestly work better if it was just a film that didn't have any connection to the Mm. intellectual property of Willy Wonka. If it wasn't connected to... I mean, I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't connected to Wonka. that's true. And it's quite hard to do anything that involves a you know magical chocolatier without yeah. that being connected to a because when you're making a really prequel, owns that. how much do you think you have to be subservient to the original story versus? I don't think you need to own. be subservient to the original story at all, but it you need to be. Sense, yeah. But the characters, like if you're making an origin story of a character, yeah. then you have to do that. Yeah, like I mean, you can't just like be like, here's the origin story for the Joker, and in my version, he's just a totally nice guy. Yeah, that likes clowns. It's like George Lucas making the origin story of Darth Vader and it's like yeah and he's just like a real nice guy and you're like how did he end up as Darth Vader like that doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah yeah you're not wrong yeah Mm. that guy who played Slugworth was such a ham I thought he was he was having fun I quite liked him yeah Yeah. he crops up a lot he's in the leftovers Um, oh yeah Holy Wayne yeah yeah Yeah, I really like him I thought he was quite fun and Matt Lucas was there yeah it's the least of the three yeah Yeah, I like the guy that vomed I hadn't seen him before Yeah. yeah And Olivia, what a weird role for her. Like for She was like, having fun too. She was having fun. She had that, yeah. all her teeth getting into it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, I thought, why did they disappear like halfway through the movie? I feel like they would be more antagonists to yeah. their plight. They, I guess like, Everything happened so easily for... for yeah, I guess they'd the, been tricked and so that, I don't know. Yeah. Mm, I was stressed out when he was in servitude. I was like, oh fuck, he's got to make his chocolate factory. So I guess that worked on me. Also, how coincidental! There's just this abandoned like shop in the middle of town, like crime spot. Why crime what's, real estate? What's the origin story of that? Huh? Yeah. How were they able to afford that? Yeah. From those, anyway, I didn't mind. Oh, his little shillings. I've got six shillings. Sovereigns. 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 And yeah. how they went away. That was all right. But again, it's showing a characterization that is like. Yeah. Very Willy Wonka just like helping the poor and I'm like I don't think that's a thing that Willy Wonka does is my in my understanding yeah. it feels like over- he might hate the rich but doesn't mean he helps the poor yeah. <laughs> it feels like an overcorrection now that people like are aware that Roald Dahl is a bad guy it's like well actually let's make this really nice and it's like you don't have to make the character I don't nice even, I don't think that even went into the you know, I think it's, it's purely just, just like yeah. Yeah. I, I think Roald Dahl being a bad guy is not very yeah. mainstream I think this all. is mm. absolutely just like Paul King. I Paul wanted King to fiction. do a story about this magical chocolatier. Yeah. And that's and it, he's sort of his own conception of what that sort of person is. I thought would you be. said Paul King conviction, which is how you kind oh. of view it. You're like, get in jail, Paul King, <laughs> yeah. for your conviction. Conviction for Paul King. And that's, Found guilty and, of whimsy. And that's the end of the trial. It's like Wonka, <laughs> not guilty. Paul, Paul King, King guilty. guilty. <laughs> Alright. Oh. Um, I think that might be a With bag that. of birth time. Yeah. 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 Bag or boots. Um, despite all that, I think it's a bag. I think it's perfectly <laughs> fine. Like it's inoffensive. It's not tied in with the pool, uh, with the source material. But um, like I had a pleasant time with it, and some tears cropped up when she was reunited with her mother. Like I know it's a bit of a twist, but like, I wish she was actually alive. <laughs> what that? Wouldn't that be a twist? Oh, so oh yeah. his mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was meaning Noodle with her mother. Oh right, yeah. gotcha. Um, I don't know. Like it's still works enough yeah, like sure. i wouldn't mind like popping it on and like seeing seeing it. i wish there was more uh of the oompa loompas i wish the characterization of wonka was darker but it does still work paul king is a talented filmmaker um and i don't mind his paddingtons and this one was not a great fit but it still worked 
why did I think the mom was going to be someone before she was revealed? Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a big cameo. Because uh, they, like, some, some kind lady. of yeah. h- hyped her up a little bit. Mm. Yeah, um, nah. And it was just some actress. Hey. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Did she get a sad cut? I don't know. I well, she, she probably would have had a credit because yeah. she would have been cast as the mother. Even Noodles if she didn't mom. have, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, this is going to be a biff from me. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, I feel like I'm thinking about it from James' perspective. Yes, this is absolutely every middling film. Mm. Um, it's perfectly serviceable. It's fine. I just feel like if this was on, like, you know, if this was on TV in the background, I would change the channel. Right. <laughs> like, I just think it would, it annoys me too much as a thing that exists. Mm. You know, like, even sense. though the film by itself, the film out of context, divorced from, you know, being connected to the 1971 Willy Wonka film, fine. Um, but I think just the fact that they decided to make this and then misunderstood the source material right. so greatly just annoys me so uh, yeah for that reason it, it's a biff oh a rare mm. tiebreaker mm. it's interesting I mean I don't have very my, many feelings for this film like I wanted more chocolate I wanted more chocolate factory didn't really explain the Oompa Loompa thing um, but it was oddly like pleasant like I get what you're saying James it's like nice it's kind of it's inoffensive to me I'm not mad at it um, I like Timmy. Um, don't like Paul King. So, you know, it's sitting right there in the middle for me. You know, it is, you know, number 23 mm. out of my 40 films of 2023. Mm. So, lucky number. And is sitting just currently above Oppenheimer. I know, which reason. is so wild to me. <laughs> because it was cute and it's fine. Oppenheimer was cute and fine. Yeah. yeah. Those Einstein, eyes, those bulging eyes. Einstein was cute. It was it was like a little cuddly. So why is Einstein the biopic not a thing? I feel like that would have happened by now. Surely there's TV It must be like, yeah, TV That's also like an Oscar yeah. winning role. Like the glam, yeah. iconic look. Yeah. Um, Someone will don a nose. Yeah. Does he have a big nose? I don't know. I don't. Know. It's the head and the hair. The hair is the iconic. Yeah. And then, like, the slightly. Paul Giamatti. Like, oh, maybe. If he loses. <laughs> no, I don't think it's Paul's bag. I it like... kind of. Well, you know, whatever. Mm. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, <laughs> it's a slight bag, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I don't hate it. And I've. Reserve my biffs for the the films. Well, I have biff yeah. films that have made no impact on me whatsoever. Yeah, but it's cute. Yeah, Good. and it's better than Oppenheimer. <laughs> Whoa. So According wild. to my list, so wild. Yeah, it's better than the likely best picture of the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean it happens sometimes. Green Book yeah. won best picture. Exactly. Um, we biff that. I'm sure. I'm we sure did. We did. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that is our first uh, review. Uh, Quite long. Yeah. Light on the film. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're an hour forty-one, which is kind of a usual episode length okay. um, of twenty twenty-four. Welcome back to Mixed Bag. We are yeah. so stoked um, to have you on. We've got a lot of ideas for series. And oh boy, a lot of oh. fun stuff lined up. We're going to talk about it off pod. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you want to get in touch with us and give us your reckons, uh, where should they do that, James? Oh, uh, you can get in touch with us on Mixed Bag Pod, Mixed Bag Podcast on Instagram or Facebook, or you could check out our letterbox pages. Um, mm. Mine is JamesK92, where we actually have our top 10 lists, and in Matt's case, a top 40 list. Matt also keeps an ongoing list of films covered in Mixed Bag. 
Yeah. yeah. And I have Mixed Bag Contenders, if you want to check out that list, to see maybe what we want to cover. Yeah, if you follow my page, I, like, put every film into the rele- the premiere year mm. and do little awards, so you can see... Yes. Um, yeah. Was it the Rorschach Awards? The Rorschach, because it's... it's well, uh, Rorschach was once my username a long time ago for oh, things. But very I, funny. But I also like it because it's kind of subjective. You see what you see in the Rorschach case. I like that. That's good. <laughs> and Maybe the Rorschach a... goes too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels like a future segment on our show. I can't figure yeah. out where it fits. Yeah. Anyways, that's us for the first episode of 2024. Mm. But, but for, for now, now, that's, that's a wrap. wrap. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.